Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. And so, you know, the reality is, you know, companies, countries, rogue states, everyone is working on this and it's moving at an incredible pace. You know, mankind's knowledge, collective knowledge over the last 50,000 years is now doubling every 18 months. Welcome to the Jersey Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor at the Australian Compliance Institute. And today we have some very interesting guests from Cartasoft. We have James Worsfold and David Golding. So we're going to jump straight into the questions, you know, no breather at all. <laughs> and let's begin with a bit of an elevator pitch of, you know, who is Cartasoft? Yeah, well, um, you know, thank you very much for letting us uh, talk to your members. So we are an organisation that provides physics-informed AI. And what that means is really unravelling and providing insights where you have disparate data. Uh, it's very, very difficult to get uh, answers. So an example is the identification of lightning strikes that start bushfires or mitigating the consequences of failure across infrastructure and also governance, risk and compliance. From an organisational perspective, we sit on the New South Wales Government Data and AI Task Force, and we're referenced by some of the largest companies in Australia. And our team is actually on three continents now with know-how that's being used by NASA. And, you know, just because it's good, you know, getting to definition of terms of establishing fact from fiction, I thought it'd be interesting to ask you, you know, what's your favourite sci-fi representation of AI? Well, you know, I gave this a, I gave this a bit of thought. You, you gave me the heads up on the question. It's so easy to say Terminator because, you know, it was very impactful when I saw it as a teenager. But I'm going to say Star Trek because there's a little bit of a, a quirky thing here. And that is, you know, if you use ChatGPT and you search uh, for William Shatner, the, uh, uh, the actor, it will talk about him being James Kirk, the final frontier, um, how space is really, really amazing. And yet the quirky thing here is um, William Shatner actually went into space on Blue Horizon and he hated it. And, you know, a lot of that is actually missed from contextual AI because his career spans 50 years and yet there's only one single component. So I thought it would be a really good segue to talk about how that links in with my favourite sci-fi movie. <laughs> and, and I mean, you know, we have all these various representations in science fiction of what AI is or the multiple ways it can be. But I mean, how far are we from those fiction, fictitious representations in reality? I think the, the reality is when you think about um, the Terminator as, as frightening as it actually is, I, I personally think it's not too far away. Uh, you know, if you think about, you know, having uh, thought within a chip, the ability to reason and pack a lot of AI into that, it might only be five years away. So there are a lot of the science fictions that, that we watch on TV, etc., that are now uh, coming to, to coming to there. And I've, and I've just been using AI quite freely there, but maybe it's time to, to try to dig down to a definition of terms, uh, maybe for the benefit of our listeners. You know, what what are we talking like right now today, you, David and James, you know, what are we talking about when we're talking about AI exactly? 
the, the, the key component from an individual sitting at their desk right now, it, it's about how the tool gets you to a point of making a decision faster. So if we think about AI applications in business, it's really very much an, umbre- an umbrella term, which is a catch-all. And, and most of your listeners will be um, familiar with Netflix, you know, the ability where it's it's learning about the fact that you've only watched 10 minutes of these types of programs. So it's something you might not like or you really like something and you've given it a thumbs up. All of this is feeding into that into that AI. And from a practical perspective, you know, whilst there's a lot of different types of AI, you know, the applications are being used right across the board. Um, for, from uh, the finance industry, road safety, transport, finance, mining. And, and often, you know, we see this AI on one side, but there are indirect risks associated for organisations when things fail. And that might be a failure because of the AI and the impact of that might be fines. It might be brand reputation and a whole heap of other trading factors. Yeah, and just adding on to that, are there any common misconceptions that you come across when people are discussing this? I think a, a huge misconception actually is that it comes about from a um, from a company that we work with, and it centres around you know the, the the one of the biggest issues at the moment is the PII or personal identification information risks, and um, and we think Optus right, 145 million dollars to date. Or we think about Medibank, you know, $45 million breach. Uh, and this is very, very relevant for your members because quite often they'll be asking the question of the security and the IT people who will be saying, look, we've got it in hand. You know, we're doing this, we're doing that. And, and there are some amazing technologies out there that, that will check every single naught and one that actually passes through the firewall. The reality is there's risk because quite often these organisations don't know where the data is in the first place. How can you protect it if you don't know what you've got and what the impact is? And there's another side to the story. Um, So, you know, we're uh, working with a very, very large organisation, big team. They've got, uh, you know, over a thousand databases. They only know what's on 300 of them and they're implementing ChatGPT to actually resolve the problems. ChatGPT requires huge amounts of data to actually create patterns that are usable to surface that information. And I think our approach, you know, using physics informed AI where it can surface information across smaller data sets and enable decision points to be made. Those are the big differences when you look at the misconceptions of AI, of what it can and will deliver. Yeah, sure. And I feel like you already started to answer this next question, you know, where I was going to ask, you know, how can a risk and compliance professional leverage, you know, these emerging technologies and AI to sort of get their business going? But, you know, on that, bringing all that data together, knowing where that data is in the first place, how, you know, are there any other ways that we can use these technologies to sort of better informed compliance and governance? Well, I think there's there's two angles to it. We have to keep a level head. I mean, I, I wrote my first novel two weeks ago using ChatGPT, right? What a tool, right? No one's going to 
Uh, no one's going to deny it. Um, and when you're using that technology to go to your stakeholders um, to, to collate a policy or something that you want to do, you know, yes, it is an amazing tool to actually bring that all together and contextualise it and enable a human set of eyeballs to cross-reference it, rewrite it, reread it, and make sure it actually complies with the stakeholders. So that's that's one component. But I think when you're looking at disparate data sets, you know, where we come in, a physics-informed AI doesn't have a prerequisite starting point. So typically, some of the data scenarios we get involved in there's large teams, they've been scratching their head, the data's all over the place, and it's a dog's breakfast. And there's an expectation from senior managers that there's going to be meaningful information out because, you know, we've got the data, right? Wrong. You know, it's it's about how you use that data. And from our perspective, you know, within one large utility that we've worked with, we've surfaced information that, that enables them to actually um, review how they maintain critical infrastructure. So rather than pointing exactly where the failure is going to do, it's ranked across different certain parts of the infrastructure that can be put in a regular maintenance program and thus really mitigate catastrophic failures. And these catastrophic failures can have impact. I mean, you know, you look at some of the utilities and EPA fines run into the tens of millions of dollars. So it is important to get the setting right. And I mean, are there any risks of, I mean, not taking these emerging technologies of AI seriously for a business? I think there are risks. And we come back to the fact that, you know, it becomes compliance risk and compliance managers are, are part of the cost base, right? They're uh, the necessary evil across an organisation. And, and I, I say that very, very respectfully. <laughs> um, the reality is, you know, every organisation is looking to cut costs. They're looking to do things, for, you know, quicker and faster and cheaper. And, you know, these technologies will be deployed by your competitors. So, you know, there are risks to not using it as much as there are to using it. Yeah, no, excellent. And don't worry, listeners, we don't actually think that you're evil. You're very necessary to the organisation. No, I, I certainly <laughs> don't think they're evil. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's important to state that, you know, there are um, key components. Dave, you wanted to put a point in. Yeah, just on that point, Kwame, about the risks of not using AI, you have to also remember that the um, the dark web is using AI as well to spam you, to track you, to imitate you, to copy your face, to copy your voice, to actually emulate a bad side of business, if you like, uh, and spamming us every day. So it's not the risk of not using AI is the risk of being subject to more and more of that um, criminal nature where those actors will be, will be deploying AI to get to you and get to your savings, get to your people and literally causing deaths, you know, down the track. So um, that's one of the huge risks of not using it, I believe, anyway. It's it's part of the toolkit, right? And, you know, it's not the magic bullet, but I think it no. should certainly be used as part of the toolkit. When people have been talking about using AI in business, I know there have been questions about, um, I know in the insure tech industry, talking about questions of liability and, and those kinds of things. So I guess when using AI as a tool, 
um, maybe looking beyond risk and compliance, you know, how does one use AI, but sort of ensure that sort of transparency and fairness and accountability piece as well? I I, I think it, that's that's a very very tough question um, from an individual looking outward. I think from our perspective, you know, the way that we view projects is really provide a lot of proof points in advance. You know, a, a vendor should be able to look at a situation and categorically say, you know, yes, these are the expected outcomes in advance. Look, we've reviewed um, sample data and these are the likely outcomes. And then from a transparency point of view, I mean, in our case, we get meaningful outcomes within eight weeks. You know, how does that transpire? You know, we hold weekly cadence meetings, which is a two way conduit between us uh, and and our client to make sure that if there's question marks over the data, uh, they're answered and also playback sessions on the findings, you know, how relevant they are. And, and all of this gets fed back into that transparent model um, to be able to deliver a key component. And I, I think an interesting segue to this, I mean, a lot of our work is climatic. So we take bomb data, um, you know, weather data. Uh, we take um, real-time bushfire information, you know, a whole heap of climatic uh, climatic things because if you're running infrastructure and there's stuff on the surface and a bushfire is coming, that's going to impact the output of those data insights. So coming back to your members and what they are looking for, it, it, you know, this isn't a set and forget. This is a living, breathing output. And those are the questions that should be asked of a vendor um, as to how they support, you know, what access do we have ongoing to the people that are actually delivering the technology? Now, this wouldn't be a risk and compliance podcast if we didn't bring in the regulation question. And I know in, in outside of this podcast, you've talked about the New South Wales Task Force. Um, but, you know, what what work is happening in this space, maybe from a maybe legislative perspective or um, potential watchdog perspective and sort of attempting to regulate this complex space? There are standards. I mean, you know, we've got the ISO uh, 42001 as yep. as an international standard. There's various different frameworks. So New South Wales government have just put in, in place a framework. But, you know, in my view, I think it's, it's going to be very, very problematic moving forward because AI is out of the box and it's moving faster than the regulated framework. So I'll give you an example. Just this week, there's been a discussion at the UN about, you know, how do we potentially put a monitorium over AI um, whilst institutions sort of come to the level that can control it? And, you know, that's in itself is an interesting comment because I look back to the 1970s with the nuclear non proliferation treaties, you know, how has that worked with Pakistan or North Korea and, and other countries that, that have built uh, nuclear weapons? And so, you know, the reality is, you know, companies, countries, rogue states, everyone is working on this and it's moving at an incredible pace. You know, mankind's knowledge 
collective knowledge over the last 50,000 years is now doubling every 18 months. And in, within five years, it will be you know, every six months. So, it, you know, I think for, the, for your members, I would come back to the process of taking a very, very sensible process to this. Um, get your IT people involved in it. Get your data scientists involved in it and, and work with one, with the provider to actually have meaningful outputs. Well, we're coming to the end, but don't fear, listeners, there will definitely be a lot more of James, maybe not in a podcast, but in webinars and articles in the future. But if you wanted to leave our listeners with, you know, any, you know, something lasting about AI in this risk and compliance space, what would it be? Yeah, I, th- I think back to that point, particularly, I mean, you know, chat GPT, from my perspective, I think is a, a, an amazing tool. But, you know, over the fence, you know, there's examples where companies are putting proprietary information out there on the web. So there just needs to be a really sensible approach to it. Ask the questions of a vendor. Work with organisations that you're comfortable with working with. Ask for proof points in advance. And, and certainly from our perspective, I mean, physics informed AI can help very difficult problems. You know, as I said, you know, from identification of lightning strikes that start bushfires all the way through to helping manage maintenance programs across utilities or within finance areas, uh, personal identification information. Those very complex areas, um, certainly we are open to having a conversation uh, with our obligation and putting in contact with the team uh, that will get get you to that result reasonably quickly. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I think predicting outputs, you know, when the data is erroneous, is, is um, you know, a high risk. There's, you know, that sort of algorithm bias, if you like. You know, we're talking about something that's got real world complexity. It's not a simple solution to, to throw out there. As James mentioned very clearly, information privacy is a huge, huge risk. And for compliance people, privacy and data, you know, privacy breaches uh, um, affect us all. AI is also thought about sometimes because it's so complex, it's a black box and nobody really knows what's going on inside that black box. And um, the more accurate the model is, the better people understand. So I, I would suggest that compliance people embrace AI, embrace it, but, you know, really cautiously, you know, work, work through it cautiously, understand the risks. And there's been some fantastic white papers, you know, put out recently. I know KPMG's put out a fantastic white paper just called Safe and Responsible AI in Australia. It's dated August 2023, so it's quite recent. I would certainly, a general background, be getting hold of that and, and reading it through it carefully. There's a lot of these white papers, not just in Australia, but from overseas as well. But the, the future is in our hands and we should embrace it. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time, James and David. And, uh, yeah, and hopefully our members enjoy this. Thank you very much. Thank you. This podcast has been a production of the Australian Compliance Institute, and the music was done by Rob Neary.